the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. And when Jesus was on the cross, he, he drank the cup of God's wrath for us in our place. He drank the judgment. He took the punishment that we deserve for our sins in our place as our substitute, as our Savior. He stepped forward for us and said, don't do anything to them. And he drank the cup so that you and I don't have to drink the cup. Because of our sin, we deserve death and separation from God. But Jesus came to bridge the gap. He paid the price so that we can be forgiven and we're free from the bondage of sin. In today's message, Pastor Dan will discuss the last moments leading up to Jesus' death on the cross. Jesus could have fought back. He could have proven everyone wrong during the trials leading up to his death. But he took the punishment on behalf of you and me. What a gift we've been given. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 18 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. So Jesus crossed the brook Kidron, and you know, I wonder as he crossed over, it's, it's nighttime, and I wonder if he stopped and just looked at the blood flowing by, thought of his own sacrifice the next day on the cross, and they go into, and they enter into a garden. The other gospels tell us it, it was Gethsemane, the garden of Gethsemane. The name Gethsemane, it means olive press. The Mount of Olives was covered with olive trees and olive orchards. That's why it's called the Mount of Olives. The whole mountain at that time was covered with olive trees. In the ancient world, olives were very important. They were very valuable. They were, in fact, the the most important fruit produced in Israel. It was its number one export was olive oil. And on the Mount of Olives, they had All of these olive trees, all of these olive orchards, and they also had an olive press where people could bring their harvested olives to process them, to get the olive oil out of them. And so they would press the olives down, and as they press the olives down, the oil would be squeezed out of the olives. And so this is, uh, to me, I think this is a a, a wonderful illustration of what happened to Jesus in Gethsemane. He is in Gethsemane. He's in the place of crushing. He's in the place of the olive press. And as he's there, the, the weight of the sin of the world is put upon him. 
And he's, he's under the pressure of that weight of knowing that the sin of the world will be put upon him when he's on the cross. And as he is under the weight of that, what happens? He begins to sweat drops of blood. Comes out. Right? Just an amazing illustration here. So he goes to this garden. Verse 2 tells us, And Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. Judas knew where he could find Jesus. He knew he could find him in Gethsemane. That's where Jesus liked to hang out with his disciples. Luke's Gospel tells us during the Passover, Jesus and his disciples stayed the night in Gethsemane. They would sleep each night in Gethsemane. So Judas knew that's where he would be. Then Judas, look what it says in verse 3, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. So Judas came with a lot of people to arrest Jesus. Verse 3 says he had a detachment of troops. That would be a detachment of Roman troops. A detachment was one-tenth of a legion, or 600 soldiers. So he's got 600 Roman soldiers with him, plus officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees. That, they were the temple police. The temple police were made up of Levites, and they were the police force in the temple. They guarded the various gates at the temple. They patrolled constantly the courts of the temple to ensure nobody was saying anything contrary to the Word of God or teaching anything contrary to the Word of God in the courts of the temple or bringing anything inappropriate into the temple courts. And so they patrolled the temple courts to kind of in, enforce the rules and make sure you know, everything is as it should be. And I, I point that out because in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew's account of the arrest, in Matthew's Gospel, when they came to arrest Jesus, Jesus said to them, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching and you did not arrest me. He says that to the temple police. Every day I was teaching in the temple. You didn't have any problem with what I was saying then. You didn't arrest me then and now you've come out with clubs and swords to arrest me by night. And so the religious leaders, they they sent an army of men to arrest Jesus. 600 Roman soldiers plus however many temple police officers that came on. You know, it could be 700, 800, maybe, maybe more people that have come to arrest Jesus. To arrest one man, a carpenter from Galilee. And why did they send so many? Well, here's a couple possibilities. First of all, uh, they tried to arrest Jesus before and they were unsuccessful. He's escaped from them, you know, just kind of walked through the crowd and left. And so maybe this time they brought backup. So there's no way he's getting away this time. Or, another possibility, they were concerned that arresting Jesus would cause a revolt among the Jewish people. They, they discussed that earlier in the Gospel of John. They're concerned of trying to arrest him publicly will cause all of the people in Jerusalem at that time to rebel. Remember, remember just a week before, the Sunday before, he made his triumphal entry and the whole city went out to greet him and welcome him as the king of Israel. 
And so their concern that this might get out of control, uh, the crowd might get out of control if they see Jesus arrested. And so they send this huge number of troops to arrest him. Troops that came with lanterns and torches and weapons. Now again, whenever you read a detail like that in the Bible, you want to ask yourself, why is he putting that detail there? Why do I need to know that? Well, it's Passover time. During Passover, there's a full moon. So there's, there's plenty of light at night to see during the Passover. The lanterns and the torches aren't really necessary. So why did they bring them? Well, they may have thought that Jesus would try to escape or that he might try to hide and that they would have to hunt for him and look for him. And they're anticipating a manhunt. And so they're bringing lanterns with them. They're bringing torches with them so they can find him and search him out. So they come, you know, more than 600 soldiers and troops. They've got their lanterns. They've got their torches. They come to Gethsemane, and look at verse 4. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? Jesus knew all things. He knew all that was coming. He knew that they would arrest him. He knew that they would condemn him to die. They knew, he knew they would, they would take him to Pilate the next morning. He knew that he would be crucified on a cross. And he, and, and he just steps forward here and offers himself. He didn't try to flee. He didn't try to hide. He just went out and offered himself to them voluntarily. He's in full control. He's not running. He's not trying to escape. He's, he, I, this is amazing. He just steps up. And offers himself voluntarily. Who are you looking for? Isn't that amazing? He's in full control of this whole thing. Again, verse 4. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Judas stood with the soldiers. Judas belonged to the enemies of Jesus. He no longer belongs to Jesus. He belongs to the enemies of Jesus. He's on the other side now. When it comes to Jesus, you you are either on his side or against him. right? Jesus said, you are either for me or you're against me. There's not a third category. There's not a, "I'm, I'm neutral or I'm undecided about Jesus. No, you're either living your life for him, or you're living your life against him. Those are the only two categories. You're on one side or the other. Judas, at this point, is on the other side. He's on the other team now. He's with the enemy. He asks, who are you seeking? They say, Jesus of Nazareth. He says, I am he. Look at verse 6. Now, when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and they fell to the ground. Again, more than 600 soldiers, they've got lanterns, they've got torches, they've got weapons, swords and clubs. And Jesus steps forward and says, who are you looking for? They say, Jesus of Nazareth. Notice in your Bible the word he, when it says I am he, that word he is probably in italics. Which means it's not in the Greek text, it's added by the English translators 
So really, Jesus says, who are you seeking? They say, Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, I am. And they all fall over like dominoes. Jesus uses the Old Testament name of God that God declared to Moses in the burning bush back in the book of Exodus. I am. This is one of the I am statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John. He, he, he clearly declares his deity here. He clearly declares that he is God. And when he said, I am, that whole army, hundreds and hundreds of men with weapons and lanterns and torches, they all just fell to the ground. They all just fell over. He's in control. He's in control. He's demonstrating that. He's got the power. I got the power. He's got the power, right? They ain't got the power. Jesus has the power. The soldiers were not in control. Jesus was in control. He's got absolute power over them, so much so that with just a word, a word, just saying his name, I am, he knocks him down. Right? What does it say in 2 Thessalonians? That when Jesus Christ comes back, he will destroy the Antichrist with his breath and with the brightness of his coming. Right? And here he just says his name, I am, and they all fall over. They all fall down. He gave, he just, he's, he's just giving himself over to them. He's got the power here. He could escape if he wants to. He could defeat them if he wants to. But he is voluntarily giving himself over to fulfill God's plan to save mankind, to offer himself as a sacrifice for our sins. So verse 7, then he asked them a second time, who are you seeking? <laughs> and they said, Jesus of Nazareth. I, I'm sure the second time they said it with a little bit more caution, right? As they're, as they're getting themselves up off the ground and picking up their swords and their torches. Who'd you say you were looking for? Jesus of Nazareth, don't hurt me, you know, kind of thing. Goes on in verse 8. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am. You know, remember, you know, you have you have the Roman troops, they're they're Gentiles, they're pagans, they're heathens, but you, you've got these the, the, the temple police there, they're they're Levites. And he, he's communicating to them very clearly, you are, you are arresting God. I am. They know what he's saying. I have told you that I am, therefore, look what he says now. If you seek me, let these go their way, speaking of his disciples. And, they, and th- that the saying might be fulfilled, which Jesus spoke, of those whom you gave me, I have lost none. He said that back in chapter 17. But right here we see Jesus as the good shepherd protecting his sheep. Even in the hour of his arrest, He's still concerned about his sheep, the welfare of his sheep. He's looking out for them. And he steps forward and says, I'm the one you're looking for. You you, you have no business with these people. Just let them go. And he's looking out for his sheep. Verse 10 now. We come to verse 10. Verse 10 says, Then Simon Peter. (laughs) Good old Simon Peter. Right? We love Simon Peter because we can relate to him so much. Because we're just like Simon Peter in so many ways. Then Simon Peter. Look what Simon Peter does. Having a sword, he drew it. And he struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. 
The servant's name was Malchus. Now this, this event is mentioned in all four Gospels. Interestingly, John's Gospel is the only one who tells us it was Peter who did this. The other Gospels just say one of the disciples. John says it was Peter. Okay, just, just so you know, it was Peter that did it. It wasn't one of the disciples, it was Peter. You know, later after the resurrection, when the disciples hear word that the tomb is empty, the stones rolled away, John tells us in his gospel that he and Peter ran to the tomb to investigate it for themselves. And John wants us to know that John beat Peter to the tomb. (laughs) We raced to the tomb and I won, just so you know. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. So Peter now, he it says he pulled out a sword, this word for sword here, the Greek word, it actually means a large knife or a dagger, so don't think of some big you know, gladiator sword. He pulls out a knife. And we're so familiar with this story, right? There's even songs that talk about Peter, you know, put away your sword kind of thing. But, but just think about what's happening here. You have, you have this altercation late at night in a garden out in the woods. And one of the guys pulls out a knife and cuts another guy. You hear stories on the news about two guys, you know, they get in an altercation at a grocery store or at a ball game, and one guy pulls out a knife and he stabs the other guy. Or somebody pulls out a gun and shoots the other guy. It's crazy. Peter pulls out a knife. He pulls out a knife. And he starts swinging at this guy. And he cuts his ear off. You know, Peter, I think a lot of times, he gets made fun of in commentaries and in sermons for swinging at this guy's head and hitting his ear and cutting his ear off. And, you know, you'll read or you'll hear in sermons, Peter was a good fisherman but not a good swordsman, right? It's probably the first time he's been in a knife fight, right? You've got to give him a break here. Uh, I don't know how well I would do trying to fight somebody with a knife for the first time. So that's what he does. He pulls out a knife. He cuts off the guy's ear. You remember earlier in the night, Peter said to Jesus that he was willing to die for the Lord. And at least at this point, he's, he's proving that. He's willing to fight to the death at this point. That's going to change. Now, here's the deal. Again, we want to, we want to kind of ask, okay, why is this detail important? One of the reasons it's important and that it's included here for us is because according to the Jewish religious regulations and customs during Passover, a Jewish person was not to have a weapon on them when they're in Jerusalem. So that's, that's another layer to this story. Peter, you're not even supposed to have a knife on you. It's Passover. So there's, there's also this added element of the shock 
that Peter pulls out a knife. Peter, what are you doing with a knife? It's Passover. And Peter swings at Malchus. John's Gospel is the only one that tells us his name was Malchus. Cuts off his, his ear. Luke's account tells us that Jesus immediately healed the servant's ear, which was good for Peter's sake. Because if Jesus did not heal Malchus, there may have been four crosses on Calvary the next day. This is, this is the servant of the high priest. It doesn't say a servant. It says the servant of the high priest. And, G- and Peter just tried to kill him. So Jesus said to Peter, verse 11, Put your sword into the sheath. Put away your sword. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? This was God's sovereign plan. Peter, put your sword away. This is the plan. Peter's saying, this can't be the plan. You and I do that sometimes too. God's got his plan, and we think, this can't be the plan. Where's my sword? I mean, I'll hack my way out of this plan, but this can't be it. And, and Jesus says, this is the plan. This is the plan, Peter. Now Jesus, well, you know, he says this in the other Gospels, that you know, he could have called a legion of angels down from heaven to fight for him if he wanted to. But he didn't, because this is the plan. This is God's plan. God's plan is for Jesus to drink the cup which his Father gave him to drink. Remember earlier in Gethsemane, the other Gospels tell us Jesus prayed, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. If you want me to drink this cup, let your will be done. And the Father wants him to drink this cup. And he says, shall I not drink the cup which my Father has given me? So what is this cup? It is the cup of God's wrath. It is the cup of God's fury, as it's called in the Old Testament most often. The cup of God's fury. It's God's judgment. And when Jesus was on the cross, he, he drank the cup of God's wrath for us in our place. He drank the judgment. He took the punishment that we deserve for our sins. In our place, as our substitute. As our Savior, He stepped forward for us and said, don't do anything to them. And He drank the cup so that you and I don't have to drink the cup. He took the punishment. He took the judgment. He took the fury. He was forsaken. He says on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was forsaken by God. He was abandoned by God on the cross so that you and I don't have to be forsaken by God and abandoned by God because of our sin. And now because He was forsaken on the cross, because He drank that cup of God's wrath, now your sins, your sins and my sins that were like scarlet have been made white as snow. And because he drank the cup, now God sees you and sees me in the righteousness of Jesus. And he declares that we are holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight because he drank the cup. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the final. 
that's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan as he continues his verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the Gospel of John. If you'd like a copy of the message you just heard, you can find it on our website, calvaryec.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast on iTunes. That way, you'll never miss an edition of this program. We'd love to hear from you here at Ring of Truth. Give us a call at 410-491-4592 or email us through our website, calvaryec.com. Let us know how you've been impacted by the ministry of Ring of Truth or how we can pray for you. If God's doing something wonderful in your life, we'd love to rejoice with you. That number again to reach us is 410-491-4592. Do you live in the Baltimore, Washington area? If so, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. Find out more at our website. Again, that's calvaryec.com. With that, we've come to the end of our program for today. Join Pastor Dan next time to continue studying God's Word, right here on Ring of Truth.